1: and happy friday december 9th 2022 and welcome to a brand new edition of what we like to call the clash of the champions i am your host the vegan you believe in kirk cadet in the flesh as always and he is
2: this is none other than his tag team partner jonathan randall your life of the party and ladies and gentlemen welcome to our brand new episode of the clash of champions follow us on our social media pages on instagram at champs.clash and follow us on twitter at the champs clash on twitter ladies and gentlemen yes sir we do have our social media platforms and follow us man um, get the news and the updates from episodes archives and all the news that you need to hear especially the news that we'll to bring you as of right now,
1: yeah. So let's get into it. We had Survivor Series two weeks ago. Since the last time we talked to you guys in Boston, and finally, after four attempts, they finally had a good Survivor Series in that city.
2: Yeah, and how often I, that you know? And I, I, you know what, man, I had a, I had a funny feeling that it was going to live up to it, and it was going to be a good Survivor Series. But it's about damn tom Boston has has been greeted with a, a good Survivor Series.
1: Yes, and the show started with the Women's War Games match. And it consisted of Bailey, Dakota Kai, EO Sky, Nikki Cross, and Rhea Ripley against Bianca Belair, Asuka, Alexa Bliss, Mia Yim, and the returning Becky Lynch, which is what I predicted on our last episode. And yo, these women Mm -hmm. beat the hell out of each other. Holy shit.
2: Jesus, the the spots that they did, Kurt. Damn. Uh, I just... I lost how many counts of... uh, a lot of brutal spots, but just just fun, exciting spots that they did.
1: Yeah, but the only thing is, a few of them got kind of messed up. I noticed at least two or three spots that, like, I know, did not go the way they were supposed to.
2: Mm, I see, I see. Can you uh, tell us which one in particular?
1: I think there was one like when Bailey first comes into the match, he tries to like do a sunset sunset flip against the garbage can at, at the turnbuckle, and like it got messed up. And then there was another uh-huh. one where. Um, Alexa Bliss had Nikki Cross on top of her shoulders and she was like um and she was gonna push her back onto the trash can but instead of Nikki Cross falling on the trash can Alexa Bliss fell on the trash can. Mm. And there was one spot specifically where you could hear Bianca Belair telling um Io Sky to kick her, like to kick her in the face as she's like trying to climb the top of it. Wow. But other than that, the match was still fun. It went about over yeah, 40 like, minutes. Yeah. It went about over 40 minutes, but the, one of the highlights of the match was Nikki Cross jumping on top of jumping off the top of the cage onto everybody. EO Sky's moonsault from the top of the cage. That was my favorite. It was a dope spot, but my favorite, personally, was the ending when Becky Lynch put Dakota and EO Sky onto one table, jumped off the top of the cage, and leg dropped both of them through it to get the pin and the win for Team Bianca. Nice. Yeah, you could definitely tell by the time that match was over that that those women, all ten of them, had been in a fight.
2: Oh, you could tell. I mean, I'm just like, you know, like I said, you know, from the spots that they were doing in that match, they just, you know, all tell them, all ten of them did their part, and they deserve a, a big praise, huge praise for what they did. This is a good way to start off the night.
1: I knew they were going to start off the night with the women's match, and definitely no better way to start it off yeah. as all ten of them brought their A game mm. and gave us something to remember. Mm. all right so moving on we had finn balor against aj styles
2: so for the first time so we had um in our previous episode we had talked about how finally these two are having a, a storyline we have a story to build between these two because lately you know last you know time these two wrestled there really wasn't like a storyline they just threw these two in a ring and they just have at it yes they did have a good match but this is different. And it, it was a decent match. I liked it. Um, I thought, I'm sorry, it kind of looked like Finn Balor was going to get the window. But, you know, AJ got the victory. I love the the counters in this match. I just, they work perfectly well with each other. Not like they haven't before. But um, I, I like this match. It was pretty decent.
1: Yeah, it was a fun match. Um, About as good as I would expect it to be. I liked how they kicked out the o- the OC and, and Judgment Day in the middle of it, just to leave it one-on-one. But ultimately, yeah. AJ won with the phenomenal forearm. And I have to say, I was surprised he won. Not th- not mad that he won, but I was surprised he won. You won a Finn Balor win, right? I just thought he would win because I figured, like, Judgment Day's been on a momentum swing lately, and I figured they would keep that going. But it yeah. didn't happen in this case, but is it is what it is. Good match regardless.
2: Hmm.
1: All right, so moving on. And a match, in all honestly, that was not so good. We had Ronda Rousey defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Shotzi.
2: Okay, so here's what I think, and this is pretty much what everybody on social media has been saying. And a lot of critics have been saying, okay, let's just be real, Kurt. Shotzi pretty much carried that match. There were some things that well, I think the the back body no the body drop that she did outside um outside the ring onto the barricade um, where the fans were at. I thought that was nice but yeah Shotzi pretty much was just carrying that match even though yeah we knew that Ronda Rousey was gonna win it just shows that like kind of now the key takeaway from this match Kurt is that okay do you really think Ronda Rousey is really a good you know a worker in the range as far as what she could do looking at this match
1: i'm not gonna say she's bad but i could just tell that something's been off with her ever since she came back and like just the, just in general this whole run she's been on ever since she came back at royal rumble just hasn't been the same i don't know what it is but just something's not right maybe it's the caliber of people they have her working with or like you In the sense that, like you know, maybe the people she's working with aren't experienced this time around compared to last time, but Mm. yeah, just something's been. And all the time she's been back, the only match of hers that I liked is the one with Charlotte at Backlash. That's the only match of hers I was into.
2: It takes two to tango, and you're right. Something is off, but you know, you gotta look. You gotta applaud Shotzi for doing what she could to do, to you know, pull the, you know, kind of like just stir the match and just like pretty much take hold of it but at the same time it takes two to tango and um she kind of like just did a lot and there was a certain things i wasn't expecting but again um i don't know like something is off maybe she just she just ronda Rousey got a lot of huge um backlash from the match
1: the whole match in general just got a lot of bad a lot of bad reviews and a lot of people just plain didn't like it. Even Freddie Pridge Jr. even said himself, like he said, what yeah. you said that it was um, Ronda's fault that the match turned out the way it did. I yeah. mean, I thought it would have been a little better than what it was. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't a fan of it. And I, I predicted Ronda was going to win and she won. But let's just hope whatever few they put her in next, whether it's Raquel Rodriguez or whoever else, it turns out better than what this was.
2: Yeah, I mean, let's just hope that, you know, going to WrestleMania, that she have a good performance because we all know she's going to keep the belt till then.
1: Let's just hope maybe when she starts feuding with Becky, that like that kind of gives her kind of a spark and that kind of gives like adds a little more interest. And then we could definitely see something, you know, I guess more of what we were expecting from Ronda. You
2: could look at this situation as a little bit of a bump of a road right now. And we only could hope that that she could recover from this and do better. I mean, we don't want to wish bad on anybody. We're just calling it no, like how we not. see it. Yeah, we're we're pretty much just calling it like how we see it. It just she just didn't really do her part as as much and it's been like that for a while. So, we're just hoping that you know, future reference, she'll pick it up. And she'll do better.
1: And I think even she said herself that she feels like she failed Shatsy in that match.
2: I mean, hey, and that's that's good that she's being honest and upfront about that, and not like be careless about it. You know what I mean? Is I'm glad to hear that. It shows that she she cares about what she's doing.
1: Yeah, definitely. So moving on to the next match, we had a triple threat for you, the United States Championship, which featured Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, and Austin Theory.
2: Yeah, two things: the match and also the the ending. And yeah, yes, and-
1: huh? Very well done.
2: Yeah, and um, you, you know, I, I said I said on our Twitter, I'm surprised, but I'm not surprised. I'm kind of like, you know, because I I predicted and I picked Austin awesome Theory to win, but at the same time, I was just I just wow, like he won, but at the same time, good because he needed to win, Kurt. He needed to win yeah. this match because they pretty much are doing a character change with him, which is as of right now is going pretty well. Okay, And in order to do that, you need to start off with something good. Have him win the U.S. title. What they did prior to that with him holding the money in the bank briefcase, it just wasn't... Just how the way they were doing things with him just wasn't going well. So you do a character change, put the U.S. belt on him, now you're going along with how... what you're supposed to do. Now you're now we got things rolling Now, now we're on the right track
1: yeah the way the match ended was um seth rollins had theory up in a suplex position but then as he was about to do it lashley spears rollins and then theory falls on top of rollins and gets the pin mm. i liked how they did that shit mm-hmm. interesting yeah so Theory's now the united states champion I don't know, maybe second, maybe third best match of the night. But yo, the three of these guys killed it, and I definitely wasn't expecting any less.
2: Yeah, but I mean, what do you think about him being a champion now? Like, do you really think like okay, they're on the right track now, and you're kind of like seeing things in a better perspective now, moving forward?
1: It look, it's a good look, but bro, he was already the unit, the U.S. champion like a few months ago, so it's not like anything new. But with the new change of character, yeah, yes, it is a step in the right direction. Yes,
2: bro. absolutely. I'm just, dude. I'm just. Like he had a, it, they weren't like doing things well with him when he had the briefcase. I mean, come on, just literally like what a couple weeks prior, they literally had this dude try to cash in on Rollins
1: for the U.S. on title. a mid
2: card bill. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So with this character change and what they're doing now, you gotta you gotta look at another thing too, though. You have to do something. You have to like boosts him up so the fans could take him more seriously. Because I'm mean, going to be honest with you, Kurt, the past couple of months, especially during the summer, I really wasn't really taking him that seriously.
1: I mean, he was more of like a geek, and he was like more of like Vince's protege, so that's kind of a reason why, But and he was doing all the selfie shit.
2: I mean, it wasn't because of that. I mean, I like how they were doing the thing with Vince, how that all started. That was okay. But I think once they... You know, because he was losing matches from time to time, they he was unsuccessful in cashing in at certain times. That's where I was kind of like starting to lose my faith in him. Uh, okay, maybe the selfie was the selfies were like a little bit over the top, but I think the whole like Vince's protege, I was okay with that. I just think that how the way he was doing certain things, it kind of just like I don't know.
1: Yeah, I feel you, but it's in the past now. He's now the United States champion again. It seems like he's on a different path, a better path, and we'll see who's going into next year.
2: Yes, I'm happy. That's what I'm saying. This is what I wanted to see. Again, I was surprised, but I was like, damn, (laughs) in a good way.
1: (laughs) Okay, so moving on to the main event, we had the men's War Games match, which consisted of the Bloodline, Solo Sequoia, The Usos, Sami Zayn, and Roman Reigns against Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, Sheamus, Ridge Holland, and Butch.
2: Boy, let me tell you something, Kurt. Before we even talk about that match, I mean, what do you thought about that segment between Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns that they had backstage?
1: Well, to to back it up a little bit, the night before on SmackDown... Jay Uso overheard Kevin Owens talking to Sami Zayn, telling him that the bloodline doesn't give a shit about you. They're going to turn on you as soon as they get a chance to. And then when Jey Uso confronted Sami Zayn about it and asked him if Kevin Owens talked to him, Sami Zayn denied it. And then Jay Uso told that to Roman Reigns, who in turn had a conversation with Sami Zayn afterwards and Sami Zayn pretty much told him the truth. And he said he didn't tell Jey Uso that same truth because he didn't want to distract him and get him like off balance and stuff. And then before the match starts, Jey Uso talks to Roman Reigns about it. And Roman Reigns simply says, I heard everything I needed to hear. And then we go to the match. They're teasing dissension between Jay Uso and Sami Zayn throughout it, and even one spot where Jay Uso super kicks Sami Zayn by mistake, and then shrugs it off as if it's no big deal.
2: You know, I liked, um, I liked the part where when it was t- time for one of the blood- bloodline members to to enter the the match, Jimmy was going to enter, but Roman told him like, "No, let Sammy go."
1: I figured he was going to do that. I kind of had a feeling something like that was going to happen, but yes, that's
2: I liked it, though. I, I I just, I liked that whole sequence where Roman's just sitting down, just chilling, and everybody's standing up. I thought that was funny.
1: Yeah, it was very well done. The storytelling in this entire match was excellent. If there's yeah. one thing I will give this War Games match over the women's was the storytelling. Absolutely. Just during
2: the, well, before, during, and after. <laughs> Three-part series to this whole match.
1: Yeah, so eventually everybody gets into the match. It gets all crazy. Everybody beats the hell out of each other, and then there's one point where Kevin Owens has the win over. Over Roman hits him with the stunner, but as he's about to pin him, Sami Zayn interrupts the count. And then Sami Zayn mm-hmm. and Kevin, and then Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are getting into it, arguing, and then Jey Uso tries to tries to attack Kevin Owens, but Kevin Owens blocks it as he's about to counter. Jay Uso, Sami Zayn kicks him in the nuts.
2: Yeah. Uh, see, pretty it's, it's a whole test. Yeah, and
1: to add insult to injury, he hits his former best friend with the Haluva kick and then paves the way for Jay Uso to hit the Uso splash onto Kevin from the top rope to give the win to the bloodline, which I predicted.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Sami Zayn pretty much was, Roman was pretty much trying to test him, see where his loyalties lie. And I think as, as a viewer, that's what we're all we're were seeing that night. That whole entire night, we're trying to unravel and see, like, okay, where does Sami Zayn loyalties lie? Does it lie with the bloodline like he said that he does? Or is he really going to side with Kevin Owens? And we saw the unraveling of what we were trying to figure out, and it was well done.
1: Yeah, Sami Zayn Pretty much turned on his own best friend, which basically Kevin Owens have done done to him before, yeah. and showed yeah. that he's bloodline ride or die. And and one of the biggest pops of the night, Jay Uso embraced Sami Zayn, seeing how good seeing how he was <laughs> the team. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You would have thought that, see, now they're giving us— <laughs> Bro, you would have thought that was Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth at WrestleMania 7.
2: You know what it looked like? Nas and Jay-Z break the ending their beef. Oh, in
1: 2005.
2: <laughs> That's what it was like. Oh, no. no. <laughs> <Okay>. Oh, man. <sighs> Crazy. Now they have their own handshake now.
1: Yes, the Uzi handshake Yeah, the bloodline won War Games, and it makes things a lot more interesting in the coming months mm-hmm. to see where they go with the storyline. Cause yeah, the, now that Sammy's like actually cool with Jay Uso, oh, yeah. they could do a lot with that. Mm-hmm. And, and especially with Roman, even though Roman's been out for a few weeks. So, but speaking of that, Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre suffered ruptured eardrums during the War Games match, and they haven't been seen ever since. Ruptured ear? How? How? I'm not sure how. I, I think apparently Roman got hurt during a spot with Kevin Owens, which I, which supposedly he was pissed off about backstage afterwards. He even, even like started. That's to- what I
2: okay. Okay, I heard about that. I never had a chance to read about that because there was like some rumor or report about how Roman was upset after the match. I was kind of like wondering what was he upset about? but now I know, but ruptured eardrum that's that's the first. I never hear stuff like that. Yeah,
1: but they'll both be back soon, but yeah, Roman was just pissed briefly. I heard he just lashed out for a few minutes, but but then after that, after he got it out of the system, everything was cool. Just a miscommunication, I guess. Gotcha. Yeah, but it looks like um, at the Royal Rumble, it'll be more than likely Roman Reigns against Kevin Owens for the third time at that event.
2: Wow. I mean, it is the right way to do it. I mean, after what happened at Survivor Series, it is, it is you know, the, the perfect solution to do that. You don't you, you know, want to continue that, so.
1: And there's hmm. potential that this match could be a Hell in a Cell match.
2: At the Royal Rumble.
1: Yeah, because there's rumors going around that there's going to be a wow. Hell in a Cell at the Royal Rumble. And the only match I could think of that would be warranted for that would be this one.
2: Yeah. Mm. Crazy. This would be the first time a Hell in a Cell match that is at the Royal Rumble.
1: Yeah, it's the only one of the big four pay-per-views that's never had one. Wow. But yeah, it makes sense because, you know, the last few times Roman and Kevin Owens wrestled each other, there was always some kind of outside interference and whatnot. So it would make sense to do it under these circumstances. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and then they had a and they have a, a very good rivalry. So, and I like that. So, it, it does make sense to do that.
1: Yeah, it would be dope, and and they could still build off of the the Sami Zayn stuff going forward. I was kind of like thinking that maybe Sami Zayn could be a possible winner of the Royal Rumble, but
2: no, I'm I'm sorry, no, I'm I'm still high on Cody right now.
1: Yeah, def- I am too. Like I was thinking. About that also, that the person who should beat yeah. Roman eventually should be a person who beats him decisively, and who should be a person who's like the main a main guy going forward. And I see that yeah. more in Cody than Sami Zayn. Yeah. As much as I love this Sami Zayn storyline, and as much as he's been killing it, I just don't. I I would rather see Roman and Cody at WrestleMania as the main main event. Same, same. But they could do Roman and Sami Zayn at Elimination Chamber, which is going to be in Montreal.
2: Yeah, it has been announced, and yeah, I I believe that that's something I want to see. And honestly, what I was about to um in, about to allude to earlier, I still feel like there's something. There's going to be a falling off in the storyline. I really feel like with the continuation that they're doing, something's going to happen. Okay, it reminds me of Triple H and Batista. How like they're not rushing a storyline. They're letting it just take its time and just let it develop. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And also another example being Jericho and Kevin Owens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just hope this is a better payoff.
2: Yeah. And it will be. I believe it.
1: Yeah. This has been by far the best storyline in WWE pretty much the whole year. The most consistent, most compelling. And we only get Mm -hmm. more of it to come.
2: Yeah,
1: I... Yeah, I think it was Sammy called himself like an ousiologist or something on on, on TV oh last God. week. Are you serious? Yo, I have to say this has probably been Sammy Zayn's best year. Oh, of course. There's no denying that. From the match with Johnny Knoxville at WrestleMania to the whole stuff with the the bloodline. Yeah, it's been a definitely a highlight year for him for sure.
2: He deserves it. I mean, this, you gotta honestly, I mean, you look back, we're gonna look back, this is gonna probably be honestly be his best year.
1: One of definitely. His best year probably since 2015,
2: 2016
1: yeah. ish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, props to him. I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes and where the world what happens come Royal Rumble time. And yes, damn, Royal Rumble still only still seven weeks away. And there's no pay per views until then.
2: Yep. Oh. Shit. I'm just surprised how fast this year has gone by. We're already in December.
1: Yeah, it is pretty nice. This whole year was definitely uh different. I don't yeah. want to say it was a bad year. Definitely wrestling-wise it wasn't a bad year, but yeah, it definitely kind of came and went in a sense. Mhm. Mm. But one person who might who more than likely will be back in WWE by Royal Rumble time is William Regal. Yes. Yeah, as many of you know, William Regal helped MJF win the AEW championship at Full Gear several weeks ago. Mm. And about a week weekend, last week on Dynamite, Regal and MJF had a segment, and basically MJF was celebrating as the new champion, and then he was giving a speech to Regal, and then he walked behind Regal with a pair of brass knucks in his hands, and as he's cutting the promo, he proceeds to knock Regal in the back of the head with them.
2: Yeah, and um, pretty much it was like a storyline just to write, write him off.
1: Yeah, he was like coughing up blood from it. They took him out on a stretcher. Brian Danielson was there with him and everything. And yeah, you have been hearing those rumors for a few weeks. And pretty much when that happened, that confirmed everything.
2: Yeah, right after. Her.
1: And it's come out over the last few days that Regal um, Regal had like an out with his with his contract with AEW, and Tony Khan decided to grant it to him because um, Regal mainly wants to go back to WWE to train his son, who's in NXT.
2: Oh, interesting, interesting.
1: They they um shot a promo this past Wednesday on Dynamite They that was pre-recorded from <sighs> Shivani and William Regal a few weeks prior, where Regal basically talked about that the Blackpool Combat Club doesn't need him anymore and that he's taught them everything he could teach them. And then the reason why he cost Jon Moxley the championship was that he wanted to teach him a final lesson, which was stay ahead of the game and always keep eyes in the back of your head. Yeah. Uh. So that was basically like a way of, you know, ending William Regal's time on AEW in a in a way that made sense. And the reason why apparently Tony Khan gave him an out was because Tony Khan's like um mother suffered multiple strokes over the last few months and seeing the whole family scenario surrounding Regal and his son, he, I guess Tony Khan had a soft spot for that and that's why he's letting Regal go go back. Oh wow. And apparently Regal will be back in WWE by the beginning of January, but one of the conditions of his release is that he won't be allowed to be to be on WWE television
2: as a character yeah I heard about that I thought it was just a joke but actually it's turned out to be true so he would still be working with WWE you know just behind the scenes work or whatever though but he cannot be there as a character not till 2024 (sighs) it's a damn shame but it is what it is
1: I mean, the thing was, I'm sure William Regal didn't want to leave WWE in the first place, and also Triple H, I'm sure, didn't want him to be released in the first place. Oh, he was just a good damn help to NXT. Yeah, he was, of course. Yeah. And nobody announced the War Games stipulation better than him. Triple H he <laughs> tweeted that picture of it a few the day of War Games.
2: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he
1: had that classic voice, just like Vince had that classic voice for Hell in a Cell. William Regal had that classic voice for War Games. Yeah, yeah, yeah but like now that Vince is out of the picture and Triple H is in the picture, I'm sure he wants him back, close by him, because William Regal was one, of, was one of Triple H's mentors, like when he first came to WCW, and he's always wanted to look out for him and do what right by him whenever he could. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so um, Regal had a good run in the year he was in AEW. I'm sure we, I'm sure a lot of people gained a lot from him, but. I'm sure WWE is the better place for him, especially considering that his son's there. Yeah. Yes, but he will definitely be missed in AEW, definitely.
2: Mm.
1: And also, some per- one other person from AEW who will be missed by next year is one Dustin Rhodes, who announced last week that the year 2023 will be his last year as a professional wrestler. How old is he? In his fifties, he's got to be in his fifties, definitely.
2: Fifties. Uh, hey, it's it's a it's a humble thing to to do to walk away and you just it, it comes at a certain time where you got to walk away and just to make that decision that's what's best for him and you got to move on and and you just hope for the best whatever um future that he has planned for
1: himself yeah but great career this dude had he's been wrestling since 1988 i believe damn that's what
2: parents got married
1: nice Nice. I remember he was in WWE briefly like in 1990 when he was teaming with with his dad against DiBiase and Virgil, and then he was in WCW for a few years, built his reputation up, became a stud there, and then when he came to WWE, he did the whole Goldust character, which people thought, I guess, initially was a yeah. way to fuck with him, but to his credit, he pulled that shit off.
2: Yeah. Wow. One of the most
1: iconic characters in wrestling history.
2: You know what? I don't know if you ever heard this story, so I remember hearing this story and... When remember the when so when Razor Ramon was working with Goldust, the whole angle storyline they were doing, I think he didn't really like working with Dustin because of the whole Goldust gimmick and
1: and the sexual sexual undertones. Yeah, he didn't like that at all. I've heard that story more than once. Yeah, and also he wanted to work with Triple H, and they wanted him to work with Goldust instead. So I think that might have also made him not like it either. Gotcha. Yeah, so he had the Goldust run, and then he had a second um spark with the Goldust run in the early 2000s with a team with Booker T, which is a lot of great stuff. I love that tag team. I That that was the most <laughs> – I'm telling you right now.
2: Book, you know what? I, I'm sorry we're going to like move track, though, but I mean just Booker T as a tag team during that era, he was a really good tag team partner. He just – he worked well as a tag team, whether if it was with Goldust or with RVD, that tag team – between Booker T and Goldus was so underrated, Kurt.
1: Yeah, so fun, so entertaining. They didn't get a long enough room with the tag titles either. No. They got like a month. No. Well, I was at the arena the night they won the titles. I was at that Armageddon show.
2: Right, okay. Oh, Good man. shit. Man. Yeah, it was a good moment. Wow, it's
1: about to be 20 years soon. Yeah, I know.
2: Damn.
1: Yeah, I've been a lot of podcasts have been popping up about that late 2002 period from like JR and... yeah. Whatnot. It's interesting, like you know, the backstage stories about that late 2002 period, and pretty obvious how much better SmackDown was than Raw during that period too.
2: Oh, of course, of course.
1: Yeah, Raw fell off hard after SummerSlam that year. Mm. And also with the Katie Vick bullshit. Oh,
2: I'm getting into that. <laughs>
1: yeah, but in any event, any event, yeah so good. and then he go. He was kind of in and out of WWE for a couple years. But then he had a really good run in 2013 when he started teaming with his brother, especially the matches they had with the Shield. Yo, that was the way he was moving around in the, during that period was fire, bro. It was like a different. He was like 20 years younger. It looked like he was 20 years younger. Yeah, I, I love that. That was,
2: yeah. I mean, that was probably like one of the like one of the best moments from that year from 2013. That was wow.
1: Yeah, when they won that match at Battleground, when they got their jobs back, and then when they won the tag titles from them, yeah, there was a lot of good stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And even in AEW, that one match he had with Cody at, at Double or Nothing, the first Double or Nothing, it was amazing. It was voted the match of the year, actually, by PWI.
2: Mm.
1: It's just a shame they didn't get to have that kind of match at WrestleMania, because I, I felt like they were going to do it like at WrestleMania 31, but then they ended up going away from it. But at least they got to have it mm-hmm. on that night, and it meant a lot. Wow. Just a shame their dad couldn't be there for it. Oh man. Yeah, but great dudes had a great career. He's a trainer backstage. He trains a lot of the women, from what I understand. And it's gonna be nice to see him go out with a bang. It's gonna be definitely a career worth celebrating. And I'm glad that. Absolutely. I'm glad that he's going out on his own terms, and he had the, the lengthy run that he did. hmm Let's send our best wishes actually out to Barry Wyndham, who had a heart attack last week, and who was recently in the ICU. But as of today, he is out of the ICU and is in stable condition.
2: Oh, thank God!
1: Yeah, it's horrible, man. man
2: it's not really. No, it's not, man.
1: Oh. Yeah, just sad with a lot of these wrestlers, especially when they get older with age. They're very um, vulnerable to a lot of things like this.
2: Gotta learn, I don't, I don't know what what caused them, but just your health becomes a bigger responsibility as you get older.
1: Yes, it does. Very true. So. Yeah, so best wishes to him. Hope he pulls through, makes a full recovery, and hope he gets back on his feet sooner than later. Yeah. And congratulations to the Usos, who were ranked number one tag team of the year by PWI.
2: Really? Who came in second? I'm just
1: curious. I'm kind of feeling who it was. I'm actually not 100% sure, but I do know that FTR was not happy about this decision. Oh, damn. I mean, they had a strong case for the award, too. But, I mean, the Usos, I'm not mad at for being picked number one. They had a great year. They've been tag champions the whole year. They've had good matches. Although, FDR has definitely been in the mix also. I I don't mind the Usos getting it. It's all good.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, damn, FDR is, like, all golded out. They have, like, three different sets of tag titles.
2: That's what I'm saying,
1: dude. That's what I'm saying, (laughs) And tomorrow night at the Ring of Honor pay per view, they're actually wrestling the Briscoe brothers in a tag team dog collar match.
2: Wow. That sounds like very 80 ish. Should be interesting. That's <laughs> It is. It sounds like a very 80 ish um, tag team stipulation. I like that.
1: Well, they had the dog collar match actually two years ago between. Actually, no, even this year, AEW's had two dog collar matches since they've been around. They had the one between Cody and Brody Lee, which unfortunately turned out to be the last time we would see him. And then they had the one earlier this year between MJF and Punk.
2: Mm. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is one of my match of the year candidates, my by the way.
2: Gotcha. That was a damn good match. Oh.
1: Yeah, so Uso's number one tag team of the year. And I think I know who the who's going to be the team to take the belts from them. Who? Cool. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. Fingers crossed.
2: I see it. I see it.
1: Yeah, because eventually the the Usos and Roman and everyone are all going to turn on Sammy. It's only a matter of time. And I know who's going to be there to save him in the end. And no better way to cap that off than have him win the tag titles.
2: Oh, damn. Do you still plan on going to WrestleMania?
1: We'll see, bro. We'll see. Okay. But one person who won't be at WrestleMania is one John Laurinaitis. And Jim Ross was talking about him in the most recent episode of his podcast, and he was mentioning how LaRanitis deserves the perceived misery he's probably living in right now. I mean, can you blame me for saying that? I mean, come on. <laughs> it's mainly a personal thing with Jr. because Jr. was talking about the fact that like LaRanitis didn't treat him well, and how he always had an agenda when it came to talent, and he went like he would always go like out of his way to prove that he was better at the talent relations job than Jim Ross was. Mm. And yeah, just in general, he just didn't have a good relationship with him, and he didn't feel like he could trust him. And that's not the first time I've heard that about Laurenitis before. Even with the whole like a- allegations shit that came out earlier this year aside, I've just in general I've heard bad things about him for years. Punk illuminated on that during the pipe bomb shit
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm not sure what kind of misery he's living in, but I mean, obviously, maybe besides his wife, maybe and wanting to leave him over that shit, but I heard he got a nice severance package from the whole release and whatnot, so I'm sure he's not living that miserable. Really? Perhaps. Uh yeah, but yeah, just from the things I've heard about him, I, I don't get a good vibe from him either. So I could get why Jim Ross would say those things about him. That's fair. No,
2: no, not surprising. Especially after, you know, due to the circumstances that happened, um, you know, several months ago. Months yeah, but ago, just in yeah. general,
1: like Jim Ross was like the head of talent relations for years. And then John Laurinaitis was the person who replaced him from that position. And then Laurinaitis, he just felt like couldn't be trusted. And a lot of talent apparently felt that way too. Uh hmm And then all that shit I was hearing last year was like when Athena Page was talking about how like um, he would hold meetings, telling them how they have to dress sexy and dress like Manny Rose and look like Manny Rose. So, yeah, like shit like that, um, among other things, just doesn't give me a good vibe about the dude.
2: Yeah.
1: Hmm. And Athena Page was actually opening up recently about like the criticism criticism she's been getting for like being stiff in the ring and being hard hitting in the ring. Really. Yeah, and her response to this was basically, like, if she were a guy, if she were a man, that she would not be getting any kind of criticism or any kind of, like, backlash for the way she wrestles in that sense. Mm. Because you see Gunther you see and the way he wrestles and Brock Lesnar being another extreme example and also Sheamus. You never hear those guys get criticized for that.
2: That they hit stiff?
1: Yeah, that they hit stiff and that they're, they're extra tough. They're extra, you know, I guess, uh, rough. R- rough and rugged, I guess is the best way to put it.
2: Mm, how the way they hit...
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, basically. Yeah,
2: exactly.
1: Uh... (sighs) Yeah, she was basically just talking about how, like, yeah, because she's a girl, they're criticizing her for But if she were a guy, it wouldn't be a big deal.
2: How do you feel about that?
1: I mean, I'm sure she has a point. I haven't really seen that much of her work in recent weeks because she hasn't been on Dynamite. But she does have a point. There are certain kind of double standards that that exist like this. Yeah,
2: true, true. If you wouldn't
1: criticize those dudes for wrestling that way, you shouldn't criticize her for that either. True. Unless she's, like, really legit, like, trying to hurt the person for real and trying to injure the person for real.
2: And that's what I'm saying, though, because, like, you're comparing guys like Lesnar and Gunther and, and Sheamus. Like, those are, like, big guys. You know what I mean? And you just alluded to earlier, like, if you really are doing that intentionally on purpose, then, you know, hell no. I mean, that's not good. You don't want to do that. But... I don't know. Just regardless, when you're in a ring, you just got to be careful. And you know that there's been times where people accidentally do stuff like that. Yeah, it happens sometimes. In the spur
1: of the moment. Yeah, but the, you know what I mean. Yeah, but there's just certain guys who are just like that, rough and tough. I mean, remember the Road Warriors? Oh yeah. When people back in the day would see what they would have to wrestle them on a show, they would they would be scared to death.
2: Especially, I felt bad for them when they had you when know, they had to do the Doomsday device. Jesus.
1: Oh fuck.
2: I mean, just how like whenever I see that move back then, it's just like damn. I'm like, I'm just. I'll never forget when Henry Godwin, you know what happened to him? Like he broke the dude got you know his had a neck injury because I was just like
1: Jesus, dude, like. Hell in the first in the first War Games match in 87, they did they kind of did like a modified version of it to JJ Dillon. They could barely get him up and even the way they did it, they separated his shoulder. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, that was like one of the scariest moves to take.
2: Sheesh. I just I don't I don't know. I just don't understand how like they could have been more careful about it or just modified it. A little bit differently,
1: you know what I mean? It was a fun move to watch. Don't get me wrong. I used to love when they did that move when I was a kid, but when you watch yeah. it now as an adult, you're like, damn, I it's was just when you me it. it's just the
2: impact. It's just the impact when you fall down, when you get when you get clothesline from the top like that and how the way you fall. I'm just saying it could have been modified differently.
1: Maybe. I, and I also heard that Paul Roma, because I remember remember Paul Roma took it at WrestleMania 7. And then when they wrestled each other a few months later, he asked like if you could beat me with the power slam instead because he wasn't trying to do that shit again. <laughs> do you blame him? <laughs> Not at all. Wow. Oh god. imagine it imagine if they try to do that shit at SummerSlam 92 with the condition that hawk was in
2: oh my god oh, oh.
1: Oof. shit that would not have been pretty nope what also probably won't be pretty is the store are the stories that come out and the upcoming vince documentary that's going to be dropping on vice this tuesday night at 10 o'clock oh wow Yes, this is going to be some interesting stuff that's going to be coming out on this. Because in all the other Dark Side of the Ring episodes, WWE and Vince McMahon pretty much do not come off well in the majority of them. And if those are any indication of what we're going to see in this one, holy shit.
2: Oh, man. You think it would have been just best if they just not done the documentary? I wouldn't say that
1: because I want to watch this shit. (laughs) Vice never does anything <laughs> to represent somebody in the
2: documentary, Kurt. What do you mean? Just, I mean, just from a pet like, you do, like, the Dark Side of the Ring documentaries, and just, like, they just don't... Just a lot of stuff is... has been coming out of the closet in the dark on certain wrestlers on every episode that Vice would do documentaries on, so... <laughs> Not just style, oh that's, that's just their style.
1: That's just their style. That's the shit that they cover.
2: I know, I know. <laughs> and I thought the whole thing was over when they stopped doing the the Dark Side of the Ring episodes when they didn't do another season. So, but now
1: they have this new series called Tales from the Territories, which I've heard is pretty interesting. I haven't watched any of it yet, but I've heard good things about it. That's
2: interesting. The different territories of wrestling, huh?
1: Yeah, like the Mid South and um, World Class, yeah. like, etc.
2: Nice. I would have wondered what I would have been like growing up during that time. I mean, as a fan, you know, you have these different wrestling territories that come on television. You got this, you know what I mean? I wonder what it was all that would have been like growing up.
1: Yeah, I would have been. Yeah. All I would have would have probably had down here was, um yeah, um Georgia Championship Wrestling or Crockett. Uh mm-hmm. I wonder what I would have been like to watch that episode of WCW Saturday Night where Vince McMahon was on it. Uh, where they put, where they put WWF's programming into the WCW's, like 6 p.m. time slot on TBS. I could imagine what the fuck it would have been like to be a fan seeing that shit. I
2: don't know what territory was for the West Coast though, because all you you always had your your mid South, Midwest, and you had your East Coast, your Northeast territories, but um, but I, you didn't really hear like a lot of territories on the West Coast.
1: I think there was one in Portland. I think it was like a Portland territory that maybe that Piper was in. Mm. Also, I think San Francisco might have had one.
2: Oh yeah, you know you got that's where you got to see the pretty much the Illinois family come. Yeah, yeah, you, you're right. Mm.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
2: All Simone's. Yeah, you're right. A lot of the uh, shows will be at the uh, the famous uh, Cow Palace in uh, San Francisco.
1: Yes, so the place where Eddie Guerrero won the WWE Championship. Mhm. Yes, but back to this Vince documentary real fast. So, yeah, it drops on Tuesday. And, yeah, I can imagine the stories that are going to come out about this. Oh, my God. Oh if, my Ric God. Flair, if Ric Flair got the backlash he did from the, the one about the, the plane ride from hell, I can imagine what this is going to be like.
2: D- please,
1: Don't get me started. This is not going to end well. I wonder if they're gonna. Inter- I wonder if they interview that referee from the eighties the that I told you that story about that been supposedly raped in the back of the limo.
2: Oh yeah, it's funny you brought about about referee though because uh, we uh, condolences to uh, Mills Lane as another famous referee who recently passed away.
1: Yes, Mills Lane passed away on Tuesday, and also Kirstie Alley passed away on Monday. Damn, that was shocker, dude. She was only seventy-one. Yeah, seventy-one, yeah. Yeah, she was only 71. Apparently she had colon cancer. Um, yeah, it's too bad. Yeah, it's too bad, man. I mean, I remember I had a big crush on her back in the day. I used to be in love with Kirstie Alley. Holy shit. Like when she was on Shears, when she was in the Look Who's Talking movies. Yeah, she was mad beautiful.
2: Yeah.
1: I know she had her weight problems in recent years. I know she was struggling with that a lot. It was kind of up and down. And she was getting a lot of flack in recent years from being a Trump supporter. But... I'll never be happy to to see somebody pass away, especially under those, those circumstances.
2: Gosh, gotcha. All right.
1: Unless they're like a very evil, evil person, like a Hitler or something along those lines, I'll never like. Sell, I'll never be happy to see anybody die. Right. Yeah, it's unfortunate, man. She was a good actress too. Uh huh. Back to that Vince thing real fast. It's uh. Yeah, it's such a crazy year. You would have never thought when this year first started that that, that this whole scandal would come out and ultimately leads to Vince stepping down and him not being the head of the company anymore. And now even more shit's about to come out with this thing. Right. Yeah, crazy uh. world we live in, man. What a difference 12 months makes.
2: Mm-hmm. A lot happening here.
1: I mean, like I said before, I'm Vince had a lot of great ideas. I'm grateful for him for the fact that I became a wrestling fan in the first place and those great ideas should you can never take away from him. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I don't really miss him. I
2: just look back at the at the the memories as he did as entertainer.
1: Yeah, I try to do that too, but it's hard to forget like a lot of the whack shit we saw on TV over the last ten years, and how a lot of it was his fault, and you can't you know give him a pass for. It. Mm. But just in general, yeah. But the overall, I would say the good memories outweigh the the bad ones.
2: Depending on how much, it depends on really.
1: That's um. That's definitely gonna be something to watch. It's Tuesday on Vice, and yes, that'll definitely be uh priority for me on that night Wow! and Sasha Banks has recently filed trademark for her real name for entertainment services and for live audio performances and she also recently wrapped up her first film oh really yeah she did and oh. it was funny she was, She didn't show up at Survivor Series a lot of people were expecting her to show up possibly yeah, after the Ronda awesome. match
2: Yeah.
1: And, and she was at the Celtics game a few nights later front yeah row. I
2: saw that I saw that
1: Damn! <laughs> what? <laughs> nah, I was kind of hoping. I was kind of hoping she would maybe be at Survivor Series, but then she wasn't there at the Survivor Series in Boston. But then she was at the Celtics game a few nights later.
2: <laughs> you think eventually she'll turn out? She'll show. You know, she'll be back in WWE.
1: I don't know about that, but from what I understand, it came out yesterday that she's gonna be. Making an appearance at the upcoming Wrestle Kingdom show in January. Hmm. Wait, in Japan, yeah? Yeah, the New Japan show. Wow. I don't think she'll be wrestling per se, but they're saying she's gonna be there. Okay. It's all just um it's a story that just came out yesterday. I won't believe it for sure until I see it, but it would not surprise me. She has a lot of ties to mm. Japan.
2: Oh, okay, okay. Makes As- sense.
1: And it's possible she might have that Daniel Bryan itch where she wants to go wrestle in other places and, like, you know, wrestle with different people. Hmm. Yeah. My brother and my nephew actually went to the Hawks game on Monday night in court side. And guess who they saw at the game? Who? Jade Cargill and Naomi. Are you serious? Yeah. You didn't see the, the pictures that came out from that? Oh. From yeah. who? From Jake? From Cargill? Yeah, they came out. All, they were all online on Tuesday. Yeah, Jade Cargill and Naomi were hanging out at the game. My brother...
2: Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I just didn't know where they were. I just saw them. They were out. That's some of them. But I didn't know if it was it
1: was at a basketball game. I wasn't even paying attention to that. Yeah, I was at a Hawks game. My brother my brother told me he went to the game and had courtside season. And a few minutes later, he told me he saw Jay Cargill and Naomi there together. They were sitting right across from me. Oh, nice. I didn't know if it was really Naomi at first. I'm like, are you sure it's Naomi? And then I saw the pictures. I'm like, oh, shit, it really is, sir.
2: Yeah.
1: Maybe Naomi is AEW bound. Hmm.
2: Would you be surprised <laughs> would you be... would you be surprised, Kurt?
1: I don't know it, it could happen. I know they're like um moving along this Bow Wow and Jade Cargo storyline.
2: Oh God um,
1: maybe um Bow Wow might have a wrestler from the female side wrestle on his behalf, and maybe that might be Naomi. Or possibly Sasha.
2: Hmm. I don't know. I want to see Sasha back on WWE because, you
1: know, you got to remember,
2: we have new people in charge. Things are different. So I just I kind of, if she does go to AEW, I'm like, okay. But it's like, I kind of want you to go back to WWE.
1: Hey, look, I'd like to see it too. But ultimately, that's up to her. That's all up to her. I, I know.
2: I know. Like I said, it's up to her. But just... I just—it just, just kind of sucks how just how the way things ended. You know what I mean? That's the thing that I'm trying to look at.
1: Yeah, it was a shitty way for things to end. It's kind of a obviously a, um, equivalent to when Austin walked out in 02. and like, yeah, if Austin's yeah. career ended that way, that would have been horrible. Right. In WWE. Yeah, I would hope to uh. see her back there eventually, soon, um, sooner or later. And even Charlotte said herself when she was on the Broken Skull sessions with Austin that she couldn't imagine not ever wrestling her again really yeah she said that mm. and even her and Bianca I feel like still has some juice a lot of juice left
2: mm-hmm. I believe that
1: yeah but if she was to come back I think her and Bailey at Wrestlemania would be a good look oh it doesn't have to be for a four title they could just have a regular regular match they could have, build a nice story going into it and yeah they could have a match at Mania it'd be great
2: Okay. okay
1: I think um, Sasha is supposed to appear on like Bailey's like um I think like char- charity website or something next week or something along those lines. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I was hearing that like the reason why um talks between Sasha and WWE have stalled recently was because of money issues.
2: I see. Contract is yeah. Hmm. Maybe,
1: maybe. But yeah, I I hope she does return because. I, I, to be honest, like in, if she goes to AEW, she's gonna get lost in the shuffle, The way it's looking now,
2: because they had too many people there, Kurt. They just the whole roster is just like it's like trying to get on the bus and there's no seat available.
1: Exactly, it's exactly what it is. <laughs> <It's funny. laughs> I just made that reference.
2: Oh, it's funny. And and you know, and let's be real. You get on the bus, Kurt. When you really think about who's gonna give up their seat.
1: A nice Samaritan?
2: Yeah, unless if you're pregnant, then yeah. Well, if you're a woman and you're pregnant, yeah, they to give up the seat.
1: They could be like on some Forrest Gump shit. Seat's taken. Seat's taken. <laughs> can't see it here. Oh, shit, all right. But anyway. um, <clears throat> And props to Bianca Belair. It came out last week. She um, posted a bunch of pictures that she was a part of this WBFF bodybuilding competition, and she w-
2: the same one that Lex Luger was in a long time ago.
1: Yeah, she placed first place in wellness, second place in fitness. Nice, and she got her pro and she got yeah. a pro card for me. Nice. I was one. I saw this picture. I was like, "Where is she at?" I was like, "Oh," I was like, "Okay."
2: I'm I'm telling you right now, as much as how beautiful that she is,
1: I just applaud her how fit that she is. Yeah, her physique is ridiculous. And she was talking about the fact that it was just so, you know, demanding training for that for the, like the last like 10 weeks or so. And then doing the full time schedule with WWE and like doing all these and traveling and even internationally with them and doing all these crazy matches like the War Games match, the ladder match and the Last Woman Standing match. And then even doing her own gear within all this too. Her schedule is freaking ridiculous, bro.
2: I'm, I, Kurt, just being a professional wrestler is not for everybody. Just the,
1: the full time. No
2: schedule you're doing being on the road pretty much 24 7 and and then yes you have to do all these outside stuff outside the ring where you have to make these events and appearances it's it's a lot man
1: yeah definitely and you barely get any you barely get any downtime you barely get any time with your family or even at home sleeping in your own bed yeah Yeah. but especially with bianca like with doing all that and she makes her own gear and then training for that competition on top of that holy shit.
2: And the fact that she was able to get first in first place in one and then the second in the other, that's
1: woof, I'll say she better rank number one for PWI for Women of the Year, for Women's Wrestler of the Year, hands down. Oh, oh she will.
2: She will, Kurtz. Don't worry.
1: Yeah. I think she did no. last year, and I think and honestly, she had, she had an even better year this year than she did last year, I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Way better year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but props to her. Yeah, she looked amazing in all those pictures we saw. She did. Yeah, and also she's gonna be um, starting a reality show with her husband Montez Ford up for Hulu. It's gonna be coming out soon.
2: I heard about that.
1: We didn't talk about it on the last episode. I meant to, but yeah, it's gonna. Be, they did. They were on. Um, they were on today the Today Show a few weeks ago, and they were talking about it. Yeah, they're gonna be doing a reality show.
2: Oh, that's who. So that's yeah. who. I really love when I see Russ was on a Today Show.
1: Yeah, it's a good look. Yeah, very good luck. Yeah, so we'll definitely be seeing more of Bianca in the months to come. And um this Monday on Raw, we're gonna find out who the next number one contender for her championship will be, as it's gonna be Alexa Bliss against Bailey. Hmm. Interesting. I think Alexa. I think Alexa Bliss is gonna win because they've done the Bailey match a thousand times, and Bay- and Bianca's already beaten her.
2: True. That's they need something new. That's
1: yeah, yeah. And I think they're trying to switch up Alexa Bliss a little bit. Really? Yeah, I could like tell like after Survivor Series they, do, they were doing the promo with the Bianca team with War Games and like Alexa like briefly, I think showed signs of the old Bray Wyatt character she was doing a few years ago or like or like a quick snippet of it. And I've been feeling in general even she's even admitted herself like her character has been kind of off the last few months. It kind of feels like um just her as a character just doesn't hasn't been standing out. Speaking of Bray
2: Wyatt. We've just been seeing him doing promos for the longest time. What I mean, what is, I mean, are they, I know they're taking their time, but it's like, when in, When are we going to get into the thick of things?
1: I think his first match will probably be at Royal Rumble, give or take.
2: Okay.
1: He's been feuding with LA Knight the last few weeks. They've been going back and forth on promos. I
2: saw that. He got slapped and I was like, what in the hell is going on here?
1: <laughs> and, then LA, and then LA Knight gets attacked mysteriously by someone.
2: Yeah. I like LA Knight. I always like that dude.
1: Yeah, the feud's been entertaining so far. I'm, I'm, that's not a bad first match for Bray Wyatt. I'm down for it. No, no. Mm. Yeah, crazy. He's been back for two months now and still hasn't had a match yet. That does, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was like, what, like, what are you doing? But if we could wait till Raw uh, Rumble, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. And other news it was announced today in three weeks on SmackDown on December 30th. John Cena will be on the show.
2: Yes. I'm so happy to see him, man. This goes to show you that one of those, we had this discussion before like a year ago. He's just one of those people where like, damn it. You know, I'm not saying that we didn't appreciate him. We did though. We really didn't appreciate him as much as we should. You know what I mean? And it goes to show you that you got to appreciate things when they're there because when it's gone, it's gone.
1: Absolutely. And I honestly think that he's going to be on the show to announce he's going to be in the Royal Rumble match. Really? Wouldn't surprise me. Royal Rumble's not too far away.
2: Right. Hmm.
1: Hey, I'm down for it. And I could see him definitely um, feuding with Theory going into Mania too. I could definitely see them going in that direction.
2: Well, finally. I mean, they could, that's something I thought they were going to do for, uh, for SummerSund that I hoped for, but they didn't go to that direction.
1: Yeah, I guess because of his movie schedule, and I also was hearing stories that he didn't want to—he didn't want to be on the on SummerSlam because of the whole Vince scandal at the time and whatnot. But now that Vince yeah. isn't in the picture anymore, I feel it. Yeah, but it'll be fun to see him. I'm looking forward to that show.
2: Hmm.
1: Going to be in Tampa. Oh yeah.
2: Oh. Yeah, okay, going to okay. be in Tampa. Yeah, he lives there.
1: Um, I'm not sure where he lives, actually. I'm not sure exactly where he lives. I know a lot of wrestlers do live in Tampa, like Jericho lives in Tampa, Big Show, yeah. Hogan.
2: Yeah. hmm mm-hmm.
1: Actually, in all the years I lived in Florida, I only went to Tampa twice. Do you like it there? It's a nice place? It's cool. I only went there to go to a theme park. This theme park known as Bush Gardens.
2: Oh, I, have the- I like Busch Gardens. So it's nice.
1: Yeah, the place was wild. Yeah. Definitely. Kind of like a Six Flags, mm-hmm. like a... Like um, other places have six flags, like you know San Diego and New Jersey and Texas. It's but- pretty much
2: I like for for that one. It's it's pretty much like a six flags combination with this, with a zoo.
1: Yeah, basically. Oh yeah, we have six flags out here in Atlanta.
2: Oh yeah, I don't know. Yeah,
1: haven't been there since ninety two.
2: Damn, sorry about that.
1: Yeah, well, so we'll see what happens with Cena on that New Year's weekend edition of SmackDown. It should be definitely. Be something to watch. I actually, watched a recent movie with Cena on Peacock called *The Independent*, where he's actually running for president. Really? Yeah, where he's like running as like an independent candidate. Cena. Yeah, Cena. Because you know how like people are kind of getting sick of the whole two party system, and they feel like they can't be trusted. Have they need more than just two options? They need like you know a third option, like a third party candidate and whatnot that's actually credible and who has a chance. Uh, yeah. So basically Cena plays the person who's like the third party candidate who runs for president, who like people are, are like actually getting behind or like, and like you see Cena like in the speeches he gives in the movie. And I'm like, I say to myself, so that's why Cena was a baby face in WWE all these years. That's why he was doing that shit all that time. So is this like, a, I'm assuming it's a comedy? Not nah, it's a serious movie. It's a political movie. Oh. He's not the main character, but he's like one of the main characters, like a third, fourth main character.
2: Okay.
1: It's interesting. You should watch it. It's a it's a solid movie. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of Peacock, I got to get back on Young Rock. So. Oh, and speaking of the Rock, Joe Rogan recently called out the Rock for basically lying about the fact that he takes steroids.
2: I don't know where that is coming from. That's weird. And...
1: Yeah, because um, apparently, I guess the Rock, according to Joe Rogan, the Rock always makes it out to seem that, like, you know, he got his body like you know, clean the clean natural way and whatnot, and. I mean, look, looking The Rock looking the way he does now at his age, and and considering the fact that he's even bigger now than he was in his wrestling days, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if he was taking something to look that way. But whether he's taking something or he's not taking something, that's none of my damn business. And that's nobody else's damn business either except his own.
2: That's what I'm saying. He needs to worry about whether or not those uh, UFC guys take steroids, but...
1: I mean, whatever it was just something to talk about, but I mean, but uh, I've always maintained that stance. Like, oh. even if he is taking something, it's his freaking body.
2: Still, I just thought it was just weird.
1: Ah, uh, Joe Rogan talks about a lot of shit. Joe Joe Rogan talks about like pretty much every subject there is on the planet. He talks about veganism, talks about racism, talks about comedy, talks about woke culture, cancel culture, politics, UFC. Yeah, there's nothing that's off limits on Joe Rogan's podcast. Yeah. I mean, I've never listened to a full episode, but I, I've listened like, bits and pieces of it. It's fine.
2: Uh-huh.
1: I remember they were trying to get him removed off Spotify earlier this year because of the things he was saying about COVID.
2: Yeah, I remember that.
1: Yeah, and there was, like, a compilation video coming out of, like, different times when he, like, used the N-word, used the term monkeys to describe black people or something.
2: unbelievable.
1: Yeah, and that, that kind of felt weird because, like after all these years he's been around, like you guys are just now coming out with this shit about him.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And he has like black, he has like black friends and black comedians and guests on his show all the time. And they've never called him out about it. They never just shitted on him about it or anything. That's and I kind of felt weird that like it came out mm-hmm. around that time with after like the whole COVID controversy and whatnot of, of the things he was saying about COVID. And honestly, that's a stupid reason to remove somebody from a, from a platform because of that, really. I mean, I'm referring to the COVID, COVID comments, obviously
2: right
1: yeah i was dead set against that because like i'm i'm not i'm not saying i'm a fan of joe rogan or not but i'm like bro you're gonna remove yeah. him off of that for that or the manny be removed over that get over yourself right i mean look at kane and brian danielson kane even was even opening up um, recently that him and brian danielson are like on the opposite side as opposed to like the political views and like the things they feel about those those have political views but they still respect each other and they still respect each other's opinions and don't shit on each other for it and they're still friends right right yeah and i guess that's the climate we live in now is that like um if you think that if you think differently as far as like a lot of these political things that come out and a lot of these views that people have if you if somebody has a different opinion about it than you then they're the bad guy they're the enemy and you can't be friends with them Right. And I got tired of that shit especially with the 2020 election stuff like i got I got fed up with it and I'm like yo I'm not doing this anymore this is a this is fucking bullshit care to chime in
2: i mean i I mean you heard me talk about that before like I don't I'm not really big on politics and it's something that that I don't like I don't want to cause a separation with people when it comes to politics like if you have your views about certain things share it but I'm not going to let that cause like a quarrel between, you know, me or whoever that I'm, who, who I'm talking to. It is just a bit outlandish to make that, you know, to like use that as to, to judge people because of like, whatever your views are, I think is it's outlandish to me.
1: Yeah. Granted, there are certain issues that are deal breakers. I will admit that like, like certain racial stuff definitely crosses the line. A lot of like, um, LGBTQ shit crosses the line and also also some of the abortion stuff. But if like just somebody says they voted for Trump, I'm not going to just stop being friends with them and like wish for them to die over it. Right. Childish. It is. Yeah. I just got tired of that after a while because as much as I didn't like Trump and like some of the people who supported him rubbed me the wrong way. And the 20, in 2020, the people who were obsessed with hating Trump started to turn me off just as much because like it just got so annoying and so repetitive. And I'm like, bro, how long are you going to talk about this dude? How long are you going to obsess about this dude? Right. I don't like him either, but there's just so, only so much time and energy I can give to the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And that's why I said, like, yo, I'm not washing my hands with this bullshit anymore. There's there's certain posts I see online and certain political views I see online that admittedly do rub me the wrong way and make me shake my head, but I'm not gonna like like leave a comment trying to argue with them and trying to tell them that they're wrong or whatever. I just move along and keep it moving. I can't. At the end of the day, you cannot control how other people think. The only thing you control is the way you think.
2: Right. Well said and done on that one.
1: Yes, and props to Kevin Nash as he was able to get. Get a hundred thousand subscribers to his podcast, as it was a uh, it was something that his son really wanted because his son wanted to get a plaque from YouTube because of that. Oh, yeah! Kevin Ash put out a tweet last week saying he he wanted to get those amount of subscribers to you know get the plaque, yeah, and tribute for his son, and it happened. It happened within that same day, and I'm glad that it did.
2: Nice in the same day. Damn, damn. Oh, I mean, it already God. had a lot of
1: subscribers to begin with, but it got to 100,000 like that. Same just still,
2: though, just, just still. Just uh, his son, just something that his son wanted to do, Kurt, and he did it for him in honor of him, of his memory. Down. Um, yeah, he said it
1: made him cry. He, he said really it brought put- tears to his eyes. Of,
2: oh, of course, of course. That brings a big smile to my face, just hearing that. Wow.
1: Before we go, I just wanted to send a happy birthday to Kurt Angle who's fifty four years old today, and he's going to be on SmackDown tonight.
2: Yes, already um, <laughs> saw some clips already of it though. But...
1: Saw some pictures online too, which should be interesting. I'm gonna watch it in a few minutes.
2: Yeah, a lot of birth- birthday gifts and uh, surprising from uh, from a son of his.
1: Yes, a son who was introduced to him for the first time five years ago, which is a storyline I'd like to forget, but. Yep. Happy birthday to Kurt Angle and many more to come. It's true. It's true.
2: <laughs> it's damn true.
1: <laughs> I, I heard him say he, would, he wouldn't he would wrestle again unless he was paid $10 million.
2: Really? Maybe he should wrestle in yeah, either... Saudi Arabia then.
1: Maybe. Crown Jewel. Yeah, it's just it's just too bad that like you know his career ended the way it did. Like his last like couple months in WWE, where they pretty much had him losing all the time, and then they had him lose to Baron Corbin at WrestleMania. I mean, I get why they had him lose to Corbin because they wanted to build Corbin up, but just ah man, if only they could have done him and Cena one more time.
2: That's what I was hoping for.
1: Or him and Undertaker.
2: Hmm. I I don't know about Undertaker though, but I think Cena would have been better.
1: Yeah, that would have been a per- yeah perfect fitting because Cena had his first match in WWE against Angle, and then Angle had yeah, his last yeah. match against Cena. But shit happens.
2: Well, and let's not forget, Cena inducted Kurt Angle
1: into the Hall of Fame. Yes, he did. That is very true. He did induct him into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, so... I think, Kurt Ang- I think not having Kurt Angle as Cena's running mate in that movie, The Independent, was a missed opportunity.
2: Oh. <laughs> that I'll imagine how that would have been funny <laughs> oh
1: i can imagine kurt angle is like a presidential candidate or something along those lines like this and like you know giving like the speeches No, no did. no
2: no you know who else should have been in that show oh. jbl
1: yeah jbl could be the opponent yeah the political opponent
2: oh my god i'll definitely watch that show
1: <laughs> talking about mexicans and stuff
2: oh my god
1: yeah, But anyway, okay, so I think we said what we needed to say for tonight. So for John Randall, this is Kirk Cadet for another edition of A Clash of the Champions. And we will see you guys next time.
0: Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development.